Welcome back to Lisa and Leo. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Punxsutawney Phil made his prediction this morning. He stepped out of his little cave and he did not see his shadow. Well, I watched this thing on uh, our little Alexa show unit, right? A little plug for Amazon. 30,000 people I know, it was come great. to watch this animal <laughs> crawl out of, of, of a den. I don't even think they crawl out. I, I think he's pulled out. Is he pulled out? I think he's pulled out. Okay. And, and then, Against his will. Yeah. And then apparently there's, I guess, two scrolls that are ready for him, and he he <laughs> speaks in groundhog ease. Is that what they said? I mean, is that like pig Latin? He speaks in groundhog ease to the president. Of what? The president of what? Groundhog Day Association? <laughs> well, you know that this takes place in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, I which do. is where he gets his name from. At Gobbler's Nook, right? <laughs> I mean, th- doesn't the Gobbler's Nook just remind you of like a, a person that just has that big flap on their neck? Yes, like a turkey. Like a turkey. It has mythical origins. I would hope so, considering that the accuracy rate for Phil is 40%, which, I know. by the way, is less than tossing a coin. <laughs> so the very fact that Phil, with a 50-50 shot, can't even beat that, Aww. it's not something that I would put a lot of money on. I think it's a place to go in the morning to buy, like, kettle corn and tacos at the food trucks. Oh, that is so funny. With the other 30,000 people who show up. Well, the origin of this sweet little tradition comes from the Pennsylvania Dutch, who were immigrants from German-speaking areas of Europe, and they had a superstition. If an animal, and I think originally it was a badger, if I'm not mistaken, when it emerged from its den, and it was a sunny day, now it always occurs on the same day every year, February 2nd. Right. So obviously this has a lot to do with the weather on that day. Because if it's a sunny day, this animal is going to see a shadow. Aha. Aha. If it's a cloudy day or an overcast day, the chances of seeing a shadow are less. Okay. So that's basically how it works. So we know by the time they pull this poor creature, where's PETA when you need them, by the way? (laughs) I mean, honestly, they're capitalizing on this poor animal. And by the way, is Phil... Is he from the original bloodstock of the original Phil? Or do oh, they that's just, so funny. Or just, uh, you know, hey, Phil's looking kind of bad this year. Let's, uh, let's just put him out to pasture and uh, bring a new one in. Well, there were different animals. Initially, I think it was a badger, but it could have been a fox, a bear, whatever. And so whatever animal came out of the den on February 2nd, yeah, and depending on the weather they would or they would not see their shadow. And that would help them determine the arrival of spring. Well, look, meteorologists, as as we know, don't do very well on long-term forecasts. They don't. And that's somebody who's been trained. So the fact that uh, Phil has got a 40% accuracy rate, let's put it to the flip side, means he has a 60% error rate. I mean, that isn't... That's not passing in school. No, it's not. But it's a cute tradition. And I love the formality of it. I love the costumes and reading from the scroll. And 
making the proclamation as his sweet little animal for those of us that are emerges from his winter slumber for those of us that are kind of anti hallmark holidays <laughs> uh this is definitely one of those days Thirty thousand people show up the amount of money that must go into gobbler's nook the community so what what is got it's it's in Ponsatini, pennsylvania but what's gobbler's nook is that just a little area in in there or is that like dolly land i mean is it is it some kind of formal... You mean Dolly World? What is it? Dolly, Dolly World? World. Yeah, Dolly World. <laughs> um, is it like some uh, amusement area or, or what is it? I don't think it's an amusement area. Well, it, it, was, it, was, it was cool to see the guys come out in, in their, in their uh, old-time outfits. It's actually called Gobbler's Knob. Knob, okay, e- even worse. For those of you that want to visit Gobbler's Knob... It is one of 17 things to do in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, according to TripAdvisor. Well, there's 16 other things to do <laughs> there in are. Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. <laughs> there are. So Leo's been looking at the statistics of podcast listeners and apparently our Making Time for Sex show, which I believe was the first one we recorded it's number two, by the way. It used to be number one. Now it's moved into number two. I guess relationships is number one. Yeah, right? sort of like our marriage. <laughs> after we did the show, it kind of just went down to number two. Well, after we talked about New Year's resolutions, and you said one of the things that would help us make more time for each other is to watch less television, my question to you today is, How's that working out so far? Well, I can tell you that the three movies that you've picked out recently. Oh, my God. They were horrible. We will never get that time back in our life. <laughs> we won't. I mean, horrible, horrible, movies. horrible stuff. Yeah, there and hasn't been way, a lot of good stuff on TV lately. Beware of seeing movies that are coming out with old time stars in them because they're really not that great. <laughs> Chicken Soup for the Soul Productions. <laughs> Holy cow. Antonio Banderas, you know, who I adore. But Antonio, what's happening to you? Oh, I don't know. I remember wanting to go out to a dance club with you at one time when we were first married. And you said, no, I want to see a movie with Antonio Banderas tonight <laughs> and Pen- Penelope Cruz. Okay. Well, Another bad idea. We have gone really far down with uh, poor Antonio Banderas. Well... One of the things we thought might help spark more alone time, more time for sex, or just intimate cuddling and spending alone time together, was to get away. And so we went away last weekend. We did. And it was beautiful. We decided to drive up to Vermont. Beautiful snow. Having never been there myself. Yeah. Beautiful surroundings. I'd never been there either. And a nice, quiet inn we thought we would check into on a river, beautiful rooms. It was just renovated recently, an old, I guess an old hotel, right? They called it a lodge, yeah. And they just tore everything down to the studs and rebuilt it, and it was really beautiful, but it wasn't quiet. Oh, no. You know, there were 18 rooms uh, in this lodge, and I have to tell you, it looked wonderful online, and it actually was very nice when you were in there. Oh, beautiful. Recently reopened, I believe, last year. I would go back 
again, but I would hope that it wasn't as loud. And the only reason it was loud is that the owner's family, I think, had friends up there. For and, the weekend. And there were a couple of nooks right off down the, the hall. Off the level of where the rooms there were, were. There were three levels, but in the middle of each of these levels, there was like a little nook that overlooked the river and with couches and what have you. And unfortunately, I and guess... And games for kids. The, the owners, friends, and family decided that they were going to have... Uh, well, it was only th- apparently three couples. They were going to use that nook as their, as their conversation pit uh, at 11 till midnight. And boy, on these older places, there is no sound proofing. No, none at all. So it was going down <laughs> the hall. And it was like, if, you, if any of you have ever stayed in a hotel in New York City... And you're up maybe five or ten floors. And if you have windows that open, you hear every street sound magnified. And that's what this this was all about. That's right. It was the voices that were magnified. And there were kids, and they were running up and down the halls. Well, that was okay. That and was they all like had their ski o'clock. boots on, so yeah. there was thud, thud, thud. Now, I actually liked I it. I liked that, too. I remember telling the owner's mom that I felt like family staying there. And that this was like a big family reunion and all the kids were there and the couples that hadn't seen each other for a while. Oh, if it were family, I'd have gone and punched them out at 11 (laughs) o'clock at night. I mean, you're turning into a grumpy old man, Leo. They had a terrific restaurant. The food was excellent. We wound up having dinner there the first night. So there were some very positive aspects. But if you wanted a quiet, intimate space, to just be alone with your significant other and make more time for sex, this was not the place to be. Although we were able to make it the place to be. Well, we made the best of it. But, Let's uh, put it that it way. It was, uh, you know, between the, the laughter coming from the hallway. Now, hopefully they weren't, they didn't have like one of those little cameras in our room. Oh, and the my laughter, God. The laughter was about us. <laughs> <clears throat> right? I mean, oh, that, that would, would be, be funny. that would be horrible, wouldn't it? So there was a cute little town. We wound up, I, I love consignment stores. Gives me an idea of what's going on in the community. And so we went into one of these consignment stores and it was a ski area. So there were some beautiful jackets, ski jackets that the consignment price was, I don't know, $600, but gorgeous pieces of clothing. I I, I didn't look at the the clothing. I wound up buying a beautiful chenille scarf that was made locally. So that was fun for me. Leo decided to buy a condo. Well, I I didn't buy one. We wound up not getting it, but our differences and when we go out shopping, and he always talks about how much money I spend, but my scarf was, I don't know, $35, $35, something like that? My condo was a little bit more. <laughs> I have a much higher level for impulse value. Oh, my God. We looked at a few properties. We really liked one in particular. Well, it's a beautiful des- area. Let's describe our thought process here for a minute. Our thought process or well, your thought process? Well, we decided to put in a... We did like the area. And, and even though the condo wasn't necessarily the best uh, layout, it seemed adequate enough. Oh, it was lovely. So we're driving back home, and in the, you know, four to five hour trip that we have on the way home, I look at Lisa and I say, you know, 
I, I think both the condos that we looked at are just in the house are just a hard no. And I agreed. You agreed. And we drove for another hour. And then the we further got, away we got, the more I was missing the place, then, I think. I think that to, was part of it. Then we got to a rest area <laughs> that we stopped on the way up there on, on the New York Thruway that had a Chick-fil-A. So, of course, we're driving up on a Friday and Chick-fil-A is open. And then we're driving home on Sunday and it's not open. <laughs> now, maybe the fact that you couldn't get your Chick-fil-A fix. No, Lisa, I don't think Lisa that was Lisa then it. looks at me and says, you know, that condo maybe would be all right. So by the time we get home, I've already texted the guy with an offer. <laughs> so don't don't put this on me. I told you a hard no. And by the time oh I get God. home, I'm trying to appease you by us buying a a condo. Well, we thought about area. it. We thought about it for a couple of reasons. A good getaway, a place where Leo and I could go to be alone. That's true. A four hour drive and a very easy drive at that. In a ski area, and Leo loves to ski, beautiful hiking trails, mountain biking in the summer, lakes nearby, the ability to kayak or boat or whatever. And I thought this might be a really nice escape. Plus, it had an incredible rental potential based on where it was located. And I thought, well, Maybe as an investment, this might not be a bad idea. It gives us a place to go. That's true. Beautiful it gives pool us and some clubhouse. income. Yeah. So we did. We put an offer on it. And of course. Now, th- mind you, this condo had been on the market for what was it, 290 days or something like 225 that? 225 days or something. Yeah. So we put in an, an offer, a written offer. Well, first we go through the whole oral process to see if the, what we would offer would be acceptable. And apparently the, the realtors spoke back and forth and said, put in the written offer. The moment we put in a written offer, what happens? Somebody else came in with a higher offer. Well, we don't know if it was higher. We just know that somebody well, else came in with an offer. Well, I'm assuming it was. And then we just said, we're out. Yeah, and I mean, we went through this when we tried to buy our house here in New Jersey. It took us eight months yeah. to get this house. And we love it. It was definitely worth the wait. But of course, still being in that pandemic mode, the real estate pandemic mode, anytime a house was listed for sale, people would come in 50000 100000 over listing price with cash. Correct. And that was a little difficult to compete with. So we wound up being maybe the catalyst for other buyers to make up their minds and commit. Because we we always believe, put the offer in, in writing. The worst thing that happens is you rescind it or during attorney review, you pull out. But if you want to try to be in the game, you have to provide a written offer. And we're not afraid of that. You know, my husband's a lawyer, so I'm not worried about getting into trouble by signing a contract and then saying, oh, I changed my mind. Well, the irony is I... I don't even read the contracts anymore. Never. He never reads the, them. They're standard language, and they're going to go to an attorney who's the first thing a good real estate attorney is going to do is say, I don't approve of the terms in the contract. And, That's And true. they're going to put in the same things that they put in in all the other contracts that come their way for that particular area. So I think we were the catalyst for another buyer out there who had been on the fence and once the realtors start with the back and forth, well, we have a written offer and blah, 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 then 
things become more real. But you know what? Um, Who knows? We saw that this place had gone under contract previously, and and then it got uh, the contract blew apart. So we could be getting a call, you know, in a month uh, saying, oh, please, please, please. (laughs) And then I'm going to say, too late. No, no, no. (laughs) Money's already invested somewhere else. You know, a lot of these people are asking prices that are just unrealistic. Well, it hasn't gone down. The whole pandemic rush and the rise in real estate has not really gone down yet. And it will. I remember when we moved to Florida around 2007, 2008, when we were making plans right before the market crashed. Right. And we thought, well, we'll be fine. Our house is going to sell for whatever, $600,000, let's say. And by the time we were ready to actually put it on the market, the price had dropped almost in half. It did. Now, it was now worth 300000 Of course, having a, an oil tank leak where you can't sell the house for two years. Right. Uh, that, that was the delay. That didn't help. That was our delay. But when we got to Florida, we rented it first. And then we decided, okay, let's buy something because the market was so low. We wound up getting the sweetest little house, two blocks from the ocean, with everything that I'd been looking for, plenty of room, beautiful little garden. And I think we paid, what, 260 or something for it? We, we did, yeah. And it's now valued at 800 or something, which yeah. is just insane. It is. It's totally insane. And so when you're looking to buy now, when the market is still high, and you're seeing that three years ago, one of these condos sold for 150 or 225 or something like that. And now they want in the high threes. It's really hard to say, okay, that seems like a good investment. I mean, you have to have something about it that really works for you, whether you're going to make money or not. One of the condos we looked at was purchased six months ago. I believe, six or seven months ago, since we're using figures, for I think it was 250, 245. Mm-hmm. They now want 310 for it. Mm-hmm. And we come to find out that the foundation's crumbling or, or needs significant structural work. It's on rotting. It. Yeah. No, the foundation, no, not the wood. This is the oh, one the, where the, the actual the block. the block construction is coming down because of uh, water pressure. Because it's all, look, it's all in the mountains. Yep. So somebody wants to make 50 grand, <laughs> plus whoever buys it is going to have to... Pay the assessment. Pay the assessment, which is going to be, I think, mm. astronomical. It's, it's going to be in, in the low six figures. Yeah. Or no, the low five figures, I'm sorry, to, to fix that. Now, that's just somebody that puts a number on it, hoping that, look, when I traded on the floor of the commodity exchange... As it was explained to me by a veteran trader, at, at, they gave a seminar at the, the New York Futures Exchange, would have veteran traders come in and talk to all the new members. And what he said about commodities, and it's like this condo, it's the greater fool theory. You buy it from somebody that didn't want it, hoping to sell it higher to somebody else that doesn't want it that will then try to get rid of it. Yeah. So, that's it. You know, but at some it's point, a numbers game. At some point, the music stops. Yes, that's right. And hopefully at some point, the market cools a little bit, but not too much because I don't really want the value of the house we bought a year and a half ago to go down. No. But, but, but if the market cools up in Vermont, New Hampshire, New or ski England, areas, yeah. it's because the 
climate is warmer. Well, there is that. But I will tell you, these places are just as beautiful in the summer. So we'll have to see what happens. But the moral of the story is when you go out shopping with Leo, be careful because (laughs) he spends a lot more than I do. You always have spent more than I do, which brings me to this next. Wait, no, there's a different moral to the story. (laughs) The moral to the story is when you go away, you should just don't stay, bring your checkbook. You should just stay in the room, <laughs> making time for sex rather mm. than going out and looking at the area. Well, let's talk about sex and your checkbook and spending and Valentine's Day, which is right around the corner. It is. Sixty-two percent of men buy flowers for their ladies on Valentine's Day. It is a huge industry really, boon. Really, 62%. Yep. And of I've the, never been in that 62%. Of, I know. Of the cut flowers, of course, roses are the biggest selling cut flower for right. Valentine's Day. 73% are red roses. The rest are various colors, whatever they're offering. And some of them are really yeah, beautiful. Yeah, whatever's on sale. Women, 25% of women will buy flowers, but they buy them for their moms. For Valentine's Day? Yes. Some women buy flowers for their husbands. That's only 19% of women who buy flowers for hubby. $5.5 billion is spent on jewelry during this Valentine's Day season. You got your Valentine's Day gift at Christmas. I did. It's beautiful. And $4.4 billion is spent on a romantic night out with your significant other. So, Leo. $4 billion. Yes. And $5 billion on jewelry. So, look, the fact that I was looking for a condo well (laughs) under $4 billion, by the way, it would give us multiple nights out. That would be a beautiful Valentine's gift. Really beautiful. You think so? Yeah. So what do you want for Valentine's Day? I want the same thing I want every year. What? Nothing. <laughs> I want an agreement that we don't buy anything for each other oh, on Valentine's that's so funny. Day. Now, look, I did get you for our anniversary, and we've talked about this. I don't like buying roses that are just going to die. I, I really don't like buying cut flowers to watch them literally two days later just start to wilt and, and come apart. It is sad when they start to so die. So what did I get you for, and this was a first for me, I normally don't get you any flowers, but all the, I decided out of the blue to, to buy you. me yellow roses for Valentine's Day, but instead of cut roses. Well, I got them for our, for our, our anniversary. I thought it was for Valentine's Day. I got them for our anniversary. Oh, oh good. Then I can still expect something yeah, next maybe, week maybe for another Valentine's one, but Day. I, I got you a rose bush. You did. Yellow rose bush, which when it came, I thought, you know, you look at the pictures. I bought it on Amazon, another plug for Amazon. I don't think they needed it. They, but... they showed like a bush that you were going to get. And what I got. In full bloom, by the way. Yeah. And what I got was a, a bag of, of dirt with these little sticks little stubs coming, out. coming out of it. <laughs> we put it in our basement. We have a walkout basement. We have windows. I put it in our basment in a in a planter, and it has grown from like a one-inch stub to 10 inches, and there looks like there's a yellow bud coming out. Well, there's more than one. I noticed yesterday 
There's about three, and I'm wondering if they'll bloom for Valentine's Day. If they do, that would just be so special. Uh, so I think that if you're a guy out there wanting to buy flowers, for someone, by the way, who you have a potential long-term relationship with, <laughs> I mean, nothing says short-term potential than getting someone roses that is going to lose every one of their petals by the end of the week. You get them a rose bush mm. that they can have inside of their home, apartment, whatever, by a window that will keep reminding them of what a great guy you are. Of how much you love them. It's very sweet. So I've been reading some of the emails that we're getting from listeners. And I have to tell you that the listeners say, the listeners say, no gray. Nobody wants me to let my hair grow out. So I'm not going to do that this year. You can Phew. cross that off the list for 2024. Thank you, listeners. What are, you, are, are you like Elon Musk now, where you take a poll in order to figure out what to I do? do? I mean, I do. Wh where's my opinion in this whole thing? Oh, your opinion counts for sure. For sure. But I've watched a lot of my friends let their hair grow out. And I just think about the freedom aspect of it, how freeing it would be. But I'm not ready to look like my mom and... When I have gray hair, that's well, I get it. who I, I mean, look I like. I mean, I think about the freedom aspects of things too, but I'm still with you. <laughs> yes, you can't have that kind of freedom, Leo. You're married. I am. Oh, God. But that means I can't either. Unless we decide we want an open relationship. And I've been reading some articles lately about couples that are trying to have open relationships. And it's basically what I've been trying to tell you for the last 24 years. What do you mean years. they're trying? It's like it's, you, either it's on or off. You well, have one or you don't. It's I mean, on, but it turns into a disaster. Yeah, I would think so. And then you have to decide if your relationship is on or off. Well, first off. of all, I've never asked for an open relationship. Don't, don't no. put this on me. Like, no, but we're don't, talking don't about freedom. Impression. We're talking about freedom. And so it's a thing. It's seems to be a popular thing for young people. I've been incredibly monogamous to you, like 100%. You're the first person I've ever been 100% monogamous with. Really? Yeah. Mm. In my life. Mm. So. I take that as a wonderful compliment. You should. But can you say the same? Of course I can. <laughs> I thought maybe I'd catch you. Oh, what, like soupy sales? Yeah, you know, like, you know, you're on microphone and, you know, you just don't even realize <laughs> it and you just blurt something out. Oh, God. Well, a lot of people say, oh, I wouldn't get jealous. It would be so much fun. But that's the number one issue is jealousy. Then, of course, followed by resentment. And what I think a lot of women think about is the fact that their husband might fall in love with the other partner. You know, men always say, oh, you can have sex and it doesn't mean anything and there's no attachment. I don't fully buy that. I think that when you're that intimate with someone, that opens up the possibility more for a deeper attachment. And that spells trouble when you're in a marriage or any relationship. It doesn't have to be a marriage. It can just be, you know. Well, to have an open marriage, by definition, you have to be married. You do. And I think that, you know, you can wind up giving the shrinks a lot of money because you'll all need therapy to try and keep it all together. And they say communication is a big thing, but yeah, okay. Maybe, so Maybe you, you could bring the shrink into it if she's cute. 
And then, and then it's all and, part of it. Yeah, you just have, you've just had this amazing experience. And you're feeling like, okay, that was fun. I'm glad I did it. And the other partner is saying, well, when are we doing it again? Right? Really, is that what it is? Well, look, if you're young and fun-loving and want to try to prove us wrong, uh, you can definitely write to us at LisaLeo, <laughs> at LisaLeo.com. I just want to let you know that 20% of couples have experimented with casual and consensual non-monogamous marriages, but that those marriages have a 92% failure rate. So if you're looking to end your marriage, but you want to do it kind of on a fun, high note, yeah, get involved with another person or another couple and just blow the whole thing up. <laughs> and then don't forget to call Leo because he does family law and he'll be very happy to represent you and get you on your way to a new and more committed a fresh relationship. And new beginning. That's right. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. We're glad that you did. We've been getting a lot of nice feedback from people. I say thank you for that. Thank you for listening. And we'll try to be more diligent with recording in the coming weeks. We've just been, we've been having some fun and it's been hard to sit down in front of the microphone. So we'll be back. Don't go away. You will hear more of Lisa and Leo in the coming days.